Welcome to the first episode of 2018 of the Front End Happy Hour podcast. It's great to be back in the new year. This is episode 49. In today's episode, we have two guests, Shirley Wu and Amy Wibowo, to talk with us about freelancing. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Shirley and Amy, can you give us brief introductions of who you are, what you do, and what your favorite happy hour beverage is? Amy, you may as well start. Sure. Um, hi, everyone. Um, I am a, I guess it's hard to describe what I do succinctly. Um, I write zines about how computers work. Um, I enjoy programming and uh, design and illustration and just in general making stuff. Favorite happy hour beverage. Yeah. I'm fond of Drambuie. Awesome. That's a, that's a first. Yeah. <laughs> What's a Drambuie? Yeah, I have no idea what that is. Um, I only know what it is because um, back when I used to travel a lot for business, um, I saw it in a Thai business uh, airport lounge and I was like, what is this? I'll try it. And I was like, this is great. Damn. Awesome. I'm going to look for that one <laughs> now. I'll, I'll look for it. All right, Shirley, you've been on, this is your third episode. Oh, yeah. but you may as well give us an introduction of who you are, what you do, and what your favorite happy hour beverage is. Well, thank you so much for having me back on the first episode of the year. That's awesome. So, hi, I'm Shirley. I am a freelance data visualization designer and developer. I believe that's the new title I've given myself um, because there's like no category. You should promote yourself. Oh, yeah. yeah. You did a good job. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just like, this is a really long title. Um, and Senior. Just put oh, senior. senior. Yeah, yeah, senior yeah. yeah. No, um, head of. Senior. <laughs> senior head of freelance data visualization. <laughs> um, yeah, so like what that sounds like. I freelance and I do um, I do data visualization. Um, this is my third time on the show and I finally, finally have whiskey, which is amazing. So there's like two choices right in front of me. And notice that they're also right in front of me. Um, that was purpose. Yeah. It was on purpose. <laughs> so I actually don't know like what's gonna happen if I come here on a fourth or fifth time. Like Oh, there's gonna be so much whiskey. <laughs> so much. Just like a table full of whiskey. You'll, you'll have a barrel to yourself. <laughs> You know those fondue fountains? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> can we just make that? That sounds awesome. A whiskey fondue. Wait, and then and then like there's a sippy straw coming out for everybody. Scorpion bowl. <laughs> Scorpion fondue bowl. <laughs> yes. Let's go around the table and give introductions of today's panelists. Augustus, you want to start it off? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm Augustus Yoon, front end engineer at Evernote. I'm Brian Holt, and I don't know what I do at Microsoft. <laughs> So nothing new there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm Derek Showers, senior software engineer at LinkedIn. Stacy London, front end engineer at Atlassian. Jim Young, senior software engineer at Netflix. And I'm Ryan Burgess. I'm a software engineering manager at Netflix. In each episode of the Front End Happy Hour podcast, we like to choose a keyword that if it's mentioned at all on the podcast, we will all take a drink. What did we decide today's keyword is? Contract. Contract. So if anyone on the podcast, probably going to be Brian, says the word contract, <laughs> we will all take a drink. All right. Well, let's get right into it. What are the benefits of freelancing next to probably not wearing pants? Like, that's that's a pretty good one. Yeah. I wear pajama bottoms. That's amazing. <laughs> First one that comes to mind immediately is um, the free part of freelancing. Like, um, I didn't actually realize this until about a year in when my freelancing kind of started to stabilize and I was getting a good stream of clients. Um, and then I realized how amazing it is that there's nobody scheduling things onto my calendar without my permission. Like, it's such a small thing, but like, 
it blew my mind how amazing that felt and also not having to like you know no matter how great my boss was having to be like hey can i take blah 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 off because i want to go to blah 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 um which i did a lot <laughs> but just being like oh there's this thing that i want to go to like i'm just gonna book a ticket right now that that's the greatest part for me um my favorite part of being self-employed is being able to go to brunch during the weekdays to places that normally have lines on the weekends. Ooh, that's a smart one. I like that. That's, yeah. that's the best reason. And then if you do it as a business lunch or brunch, sorry, you can expense it, right? Totally, yeah. yeah. Tax write-off. Like, we can meet. Yeah, you can oh, meet. Yeah. yeah, that's a we great plan. <laughs> yeah, we like do. This. You guys are smart. I don't know if you've noticed, but I put all of our lunches as business expenses. (laughs) (laughs) You talked about something business oriented. I mean, you're you're both working in tech. You could be writing a zine about the work that Shirley's doing. Like, that's great. She life mentors me. There you go. Yeah, fair. I think one of my favorite things I've, I did freelancing for, it was years ago. And I mean, even sometimes I've done work outside of my full-time job, but even a good year and a half, I did just like freelance contract work. Cheers. Cheers. The one thing I liked about it was just working whenever. If I woke up in the middle of the night at like four in the morning and was like, I can't sleep, I would just go work for a bit and then, you know, be done for the rest of the day and be done really early and no one's really going to question you. Your work still got done and I I like that. You didn't have to show that you were in the office or anything like that, which was pretty cool. I would think uh, I haven't freelanced like you two professionally. But back in the day, I ran a computer repair business, you know, on the side. (laughs) Nice. Totally not relevant to today. But I think the benefit was saying no to people. Like, I actually don't feel like doing this today, so I'm not going to do it. You're like, I'm busy. I got, you know. So you want to know how I handled that sometimes when I didn't want to necessarily say no? I just threw out like a really high price for what I would charge. Because it was like, I would maybe do that for this price. Sometimes that bit me in the ass, though, because they'd be like, okay, yeah, I'll pay you that. All right. So, but I, I kind of took a number that was, it was out there enough that I was like, okay, I don't really want to do this work, but I guess if I got paid that much, I'm okay with it. And so, yeah, sometimes it was like, oh, no, that's way too expensive. Like, ah, oh, well, that's my, you know, hourly rate or whatever, because you can just make that shit up. So. <laughs> it seems like one of the benefits could be that... Y- and I've never, I've never freelanced, so I've always had some sort of company employ me at all times, like in my entire career. But watching um, my husband Josh like freelance for quite some time was was the ability to like just say like say no, like I don't actually want to do that work. And sometimes that's hard because like you need to like pay your bills, <laughs> <laughs> and so like you're weighing that against like saying no. But yeah, to yeah to say. I don't, this work is not my specialty or to be specialized. I think that's, that's like that's pretty a cool huge too. part. Like yeah. I want to specialize in this particular part yeah. of the stack. I want to be well known for it. I want to be, um, focus all my time on that. And you can do that. And sometimes at your work, maybe you're not allowed to do that or you can't. Yeah, you might have to be doing back-end work or something. Yeah. Like, surely you focus in data visualization. That is your specialty. That's what you want to work on. So if someone comes to you, it's like, oh, I want this, like, WordPress site. You're like, nope, don't want to do that. Yeah, and even within that, I actually go even more specifically niche. Like, um, I think over the... I've been freelancing for the past year and a half, and over the past year and a half, I've done, like, some projects where I figured out the kind of things that I enjoy and don't enjoy. So nowadays, I realize that I very much enjoy... 
um, doing visualizations of very specific data sets and kind of like weaving the story around that. So then um, if somebody comes to me with something, like unless it's a really interesting project, unless somebody comes to me like, you know, like outside of that, then I'll say thank you, no thank you, and this is the reason why. So like I'll usually I'll usually turn them down that way, um, just kind of like being like this is what I want to focus on, and and usually I'll be like, but here's my friend that does this if you're interested. Yeah, that's good too. So you're referring someone. At that yeah, point. nice. So kind of flipped it on on the head. Like I had I never freelanced full time, but I moonlighted. So like I took freelance jobs, like yeah, while I had yeah. full-time employment, and I always had a hard time saying no. Like, I'm, or at least I was. I don't know if I am anymore. I think I give less shits <laughs> these days. But uh, uh, I think my natural inclination is to be a bit of a people pleaser, right? Like, if you ask me to do something, I want that thing to get done for you. And so I took a bunch of jobs that in reality I didn't want to do. <laughs> Speaking of WordPress installations, I've done a lot of them. <laughs> Same. Uh, yeah, like I think as a freelance engineer, you end up doing that. Like, or at least you end up being asked to do that a lot. And so to me, that was a difficulty. It was a skill set that I had to develop or just gain the ability to give less shits. You, mess, you messed it. You're, you're good. <laughs> cool. Your feedback is thumbs up. You're good. <laughs> I actually want to add even more to the saying no part and I actually feel like um, some of the best projects I've gotten are because I said no to something else like there were two projects in particular when I was just starting out um, and they were really great nice like potential clients and they were like willing to pay what I wanted and they were really flexible but then um, like either I wasn't interested in the project or um, it wasn't going to be like it didn't align with my goals um, and then because I said no to those um, it actually then a few days later a few weeks later the really big opportunities came around and I had the time to do that like so the first time I said no thank you a few days later I actually got contacted by the pudding which is who I did my Hamilton visualization for pause if you have not seen Shirley's Hamilton thing stop the podcast and go look at it <laughs> if you're driving pull over the car <laughs> stop in the middle of the freeway and just pull it up and look at it it's one of the most amazing things I've oh my gosh Brian oh wow thank you it's fantastic um, thank you so much but uh, the second time around I said no thank you and then um, Google News Labs came um, knocking on the door like a few days later and those are like projects I would never have been able to take if I had said yes to those and those are two of the projects that have made the biggest impact on my freelance and kind of like legitimized my freelancing. How did both of you get into freelancing? Freelancing or working on your own I should say. Um, so I got into freelancing because um, I left a full-time job to start writing these zines about computers um, and anything that has education in it like doesn't pay as well as a full-time uh, programming job um, so I was finding that um, I would have to like supplement my income if I wanted to keep living in San Francisco um, by doing freelance. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> living in San Francisco is a tough one. Have we talked about Amy's bubble sword scenes? Like, we I feel should. Like we should show. actually. Yeah, we kind of, You said you work on creating these designs, but they're pretty impressive. Like, give us a little history of what made you start creating. Oh, thank you. Um, so I guess the inspiration came a really long time ago. Um, I 
loved reading like science and engineering books growing up, but I also thought that they were really dry. Um, they never had enough illustrations. Sure. Yeah. Um, and like when I was younger, I like resolved to at some point write a more interesting science reference. Um, and when I was in college, I was like learning a lot more about computer science, um, but I felt like I wasn't good enough at drawing to match my, like, how I imagined these books would be drawn. But then XKCD came out and I was like, it doesn't matter how well you draw. <laughs> if you get the point across. <laughs> yeah, so I uh, worked as an engineer full time for many years. And then when I was ready for something different, I was like, oh, I remember that idea I had a long time ago. Maybe it's, it's time to do that. That's really cool. Yeah, and you sell them online. Where can people find them? Um, Bubblesort.io. Awesome, I love the name too. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. That's a good domain. Yeah, it is. Why did I not think of that? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess uh, how I started freelancing was about a year and a half ago. The version that I usually tell is that um, I was kind of nearing two and a half years at my previous job, and it was a great like job with a great project that I was working on, but it was starting to kind of become more stable. So then um, I like it wasn't as exciting as when I had first joined and like, you know, was building things from the ground up um, and like I, I just needed something new. Um, that's the version I usually tell. Um, there is a flip side to it, which is that I had a manager that I like could not get along with for about a year and it was getting really horrible and I was starting to look at other options. Um, so that's actually how I started looking out. Um, and then my friends, two of my friends were freelancing at the time. And freelance was like something I always, always wanted to try because it just sounded so cool. But like, I was like, I, there's no way I can do the like, you know, like non-stable income. And then they like kind of, you know, still was like sat me down and was like, hey, here's like all the logistics that you need to, here's like, um, how you apply for an LLC, here's how you open up a bank account, here's like my accountant I can refer you, um, here's how much you should be charging about and like how you can deal with clients, how you invoice. Like they literally just kind of like went through it with me um, and it was amazing and I was, and after I had that in mind, I was like, okay, so it's not as scary or daunting as I thought it'd be. Um, and that's kind of like, and then I think two months later, I, I kind of made the decision like I made the decision and two days later I like was like, yep, I'm I'm uh, handing in my notice and I went. <laughs> awesome. So this is like a little personal, but I know, so like the the idea to do that in San Francisco to me seems slightly terrifying. It was horrifying. And that's because I come from the Midwest and from the, in the Midwest and, and in Milwaukee in particular. That seems like an understatement. That seems you can like, absolutely terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> so like, in, it, even in Milwaukee, like we were just like, you know, like, oh, Josh is like freelancing. Is this, like, is this going to work? And you know, rent there is extremely cheap. The cost of living is very low. And even then, it was like, ooh, do we? Have, you know, we have. We have to you save pay your rent in money. cheese, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty nice sounding. <laughs> so that you know, like you're like, oh, do I have all this backup money? But so I think about that here. I think about that in San Francisco and that idea of like having a uh, a backup plan or like uh, some sort of like cushioning is is a much bigger deal. Like rent is really crazy, so to have cushioning to say like if I do this and it's not immediately successful, like did you think about that and try and plan that out? Like as part of <laughs> or you're just like 
Um, yeah, well, so I mean, I had a good amount of savings just because, like, my first company had already IPO'd, and then like I had stock options and I had been saving. So, in that sense, I knew I was financially that I could I could do it for a while and still be fine. That's awesome. Um, but the weird thing about it was like the first half a year that I did it, it was so stressful because that money that I had in savings, I had like for the past few years thought of it as money that's not mine that I will not take or like I will not touch, right? Um, and that's like, I had to shift, like I was in a constant mode of, oh my God, I'm going broke. Oh my God, I'm going broke. Oh my God, there's nothing in my bank account. And I had to like shift my mindset to be like, no, you're all right. Like there's like some money in there that you can like dig into. But even then um, for, I remember I did my taxes and the latter half of 2016, I made $20,000 and that's, pre-tax it's like my full revenue i dug into like my savings um not as badly as i thought but like still it kind of hurt um it was really stressful like i it sounds stressful it was so stressful stressful. (laughs) um i i think my favorite phrase from that time is i did not know that stress came in so many different flavors um because i'd be like i'd be like stressed because I was like, I'd be like, oh my God, there's no clients coming in. And then next second I'd be like stressed because too many of them came in at once and like be stressed that I have no more money. And then I'd be like stressed. There's so, there was so much that happened. Um, But I think I'm still in an extremely lucky position that I had the financial stability to start out with. Yeah. Yeah. Some yeah, a few months of padding at least. Yeah. Like. Yeah. It sounds like that's probably important too to actually have some oh, of that yeah. padding, like because you're not gonna just be able to be like, all right, I quit my job and now like because you need that ramp up time to find work. You can't quit and then immediately panic. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, wait, that, that might not last very long. <laughs> I guess you can. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I'm curious. Like looking back, would you have tried to like stay at your job longer and then try to settle into like a freelancing kind of vibe so i think i i actually have thought about that a lot and i think that's definitely uh what smarter people would have done um like for example like my friend naughty like she like you know actually did part-time at her job for a while before she started freelancing so she like kind of got her clients in order and kind of like got um that's cool yeah she's like she's so she's got her stuff put together and she's like super responsible she seems like it oh yeah she's like the far better But yeah, so she like, you know, and then so when she started full-time freelancing, like everything was quite smooth for her. Um, So I like have thought to myself, like, should I have done that? And um, And the answer at the end of the day is my personality is such that once I've decided on something, I need to go full throttle towards it. Um, and so if I had made that decision, but all, like decided to stay part time, I would have been so unhappy. Um, like it was a job I liked, but then I would have slowly gotten more and more miserable and I didn't want that. Um, and, and not to say that I would have gotten more miserable because of the job, but more miserable because I have made a decision and I couldn't put all of my time into it contract so you can drink some cheers. Oh, yeah. cheers. <laughs> cheers. You went from freelance to owning your own business, right? 
Um, yeah, so now the money that I used to make from freelancing comes from designing apparel instead. You were asking if the apparel is related to the Yes, yes. Um, so they're, they're sold on the same site and there are programming jokes, yeah. um, programming puns. Um, so they're related in that they're both about programming and they're like cute. Very cool. And the illustrations are very cute, so I like them. Yeah, I see this bite me anomal pin. Yeah. <laughs> <Get it> bite. <laughs> oh. Get it, girl. Is my the backing card. The backing card says "bite me" in binary. Ooh, oh, that's, okay, that's even more impressive. Wait, so because nobody can see this that's listening, I'm uh, I'm wearing the Get It Girl bomber jacket, and it's got embroidery of my handle, which I don't know if I wanted to like walk around with something that says SXYWU. Yeah, someone is definitely going to misinterpret, but it is still very cool. It makes me really happy that I think half of the people who got embroidery on it have their name and half have their GitHub handle. That's pretty cool. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, it's awesome. I really like it. When you're freelancing, Amy, and then uh, Shirley, uh, how do you find new clients? Like, what do you do to find new clients? So, uh, so I'll answer a little bit first. Um, so for my clients, I'm really lucky that all of my clients have been inbound. Um, and so they contact him and they have, they contact me with a very specific project usually. And then we go from there and talk about it. Um, but, uh, and that's, that's very, uh, that's very much purposeful on my part because what I've known, what I noticed earlier on, um, and I don't know if this is actually, uh, what's the word? Um, if this is true for all freelancing but what i noticed for me is that um i have much more success signing a contract cheers cheers, cheers. when the client has a very specific project in mind because usually that means that they have a timeline and a budget set aside for it because the budget part i found is the most important in terms of getting that client oh so you say the money part's important very important. They have to have it like cool. they have to have it budgeted. <laughs> <laughs> because I've actually also had so many people contact me and be like, "Oh, like your work is really cool. We want to work with you." And I'm like, "Cool, thanks." Like, and then as soon, but then what happens is as soon as I tell them my rate, they're like, "Oh, never mind." Um, because like if you, they don't have something specific in mind, it doesn't make sense for them to try and justify how much I cost. Um, and so that's something I learned early on, which means that like if I try to do some outbound marketing, um, it's to reach out to clients that don't have a specific project in mind that might not know like that they want a data visualization for their product or for marketing or something. And it means that I have to do a lot of upfront work to kind of try and figure out a project that makes sense for them. And that, like I feel like there are fields where that's pretty easy to do. Um, to like, you know, like if you're a fitness instructor and you're like, oh, like an hour free on me, like, and then you get like a new client that way or something. I can't just be like, I'll make a new visualization for you. <laughs> First one's free. First one's free. Bogos <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. this weekend. <laughs> Buy one, get one. <laughs> so that, that's why like I spend a lot of my time kind of working on side projects that I find fun and then I put that out there and that's my kind of like marketing. And then I also do kind of talks and, and then that's how people find me. And you come on podcasts. Oh, yeah, and I come on this. I actually have people telling me like they found me, like they'll like join my Twitch live stream and be like, I found you via friend and happy awesome. hour. <laughs> yeah, that's it's awesome. really cool. We, we've been successful. 
we've got surely some so yes let's actually get back to even managing like your own business i think that's like a whole nother thing is like freelancing you know you're dealing with clients but also managing your own business amy like you're dealing with products and people purchasing how, how much does that differ from your freelance work um so one thing that i've realized is different about uh freelancing versus um having an online store is um when i'm freelancing i have to answer to one person my contact at that company and when i have an online store um and like hundreds of people have bought my things. I have to answer to a hundred people. <laughs> so you have a hundred bosses. Yes. That seems better. A <laughs> hundred mini bosses. Wait, so how do you both uh, deal with difficult clients? Because I think that's something that, other than like the fear of not getting paid regularly, it's just someone asks you to do something, you're like, that's ridiculous. Because <laughs> <laughs> we all deal with the difficult manager. Right. They now have oh, to yeah, deal right. with difficult, yeah, man. Very, very difficult managers. <laughs> Extremely difficult managers. I, I walked into that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking at Ryan Burgess. <laughs> but so now you, like, Shirley, you left mainly, you said you dealt with a difficult manager, but now you're de- you can deal with difficult clients. How do you both deal with that? I actually don't know if I'm just completely oblivious or like if I've just been lucky, but I actually think I've had, oh, I think I think I have a very revisionist memory where I wipe out all the bad experiences from my head. Um, so I wanted to say that I have had pretty good experiences with all of my clients. I guess how would you deal with if one came? Like if I just came was like, eh. How would you deal with Augustus? Um, so actually, um, I very recently read this great book called um, Work for Money, Design for Love. And it's this kind of short book um, compiled by a designer who's been a freelance designer for the past decade. And he runs a website, I think with a similar like one logo love or something and so he like compiled all of the questions he usually got and like also like kind of um, advice he got from various other people um, into this one book and one of the things that he said is like um, one of the chapters is don't be afraid to fire your client um and so i think um maybe get rid of the contract Huh? Hey, yeah, get rid of the contract. Hey, get rid of the contract? Get rid of the, get contract. Rid of the contract. Or have a contract. I just hey. wanted to drink, Shirley. Oh, that, that was five times. So uh, I think, um, yeah, overall, I don't think I've had that many difficult clients. Like maybe, I don't think I even had to chase clients that much for payment. Um, but yeah. That's good too. Um, and I always, yeah, there's always a contract. Um, I usually sign. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> that one was not on purpose. But yeah, that one book um, had really great advice about like, if the you know client is getting worse and worse and worse, um, it's actually better to just fire that client um, instead of having to deal with that headache. So... But I've thankfully not had to do that just yet. I think one of the best advice I got when I was first starting was like, um, and this was in the context of signing contracts. Cheers! <laughs> like, how do you prevent getting screwed over or not getting paid and stuff? And the best advice was um, don't work with assholes. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I think it's sometimes hard to know that they're assholes at yeah. the time. So I have actually been in the situation where I had to fire the client or basically just quit the project and I had to leave money on the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy was just like withholding funds and it, it got to the point where I, f- I remember having to do a little bit of work to get a little bit more of the money, but not all of the money. And then I just ended up leaving the rest on the table. I kind of knew that that was going to happen. And so I cut my losses. I was like, I can't work with this person anymore. And you know, it wasn't a little bit of money. It was, you know, a few thousand dollars, but it was just not going to be worth being held, you know, to working with that person. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, um, unfortunately, yeah, at that point I didn't realize he was an asshole to work mm-hmm. for so i don't think you always know mm-hmm. but at that point it, i i feel like i to this day i made the right choice it wasn't yeah. worth going through the hell of trying you know just for an extra couple thousand and it kind of sucked because it was my it was work that i'd already done so it wasn't like the project wasn't done and that i needed to finish it to get the rest it was literally hours that i'd done and billed for but he withheld and i was okay with that so i just quit the project i, I do have uh, I think good piece of advice for this. <coughs> uh, Shirley's laughing. Maybe I don't. <laughs> um, I think the first one is just like have a relationship with a lawyer, like involve lawyers at you know the early processes, the late processes, like lawyer up, quote unquote, uh, sooner rather than later, right? Like if someone's if it's going south quickly, like involve a lawyer, like. It might be a little bit offensive to the person, but he's like, look, like, this is uh, real money to me. Uh, I think the second thing, which uh, I can't remember who told me this, but anyway, never give a discounted rate. Either work for free or work for full price. Because if it's free, you can tell them to fuck off. And if it's full price, they can tell you to fuck off. <laughs> That's fair, yeah. But if it's that in-between or it just doesn't feel right in Then you, way. you end up getting fucked, right? Yeah. You end up doing work for less money and you get upset by it, right? Yeah. And almost sets like a precedent, like yeah. potentially. Well, and I like how, Shirley, you had mentioned that you don't uh, necessarily move on the rate. Like, I think, you know, you've had clients say, oh, wow, well, I didn't expect that much, but mm-hmm. you didn't move on that. And I think that's a good habit to be in because if you discount the rate now you're decreasing your value and so maybe Augustus you did that for him and then he tells me and I'll be like well you did it for Augustus at that price and then you're kind of stuck in this vicious cycle Mm -hmm. of always doing it less Brian to your point of the lawyer one thing that I always fear is do even in that case where I had to just cut my losses is it worth having to hire a lawyer at that point because it's going to cost me money to hire a lawyer or have on retainer and is it worth it at that point you usually don't have to retain them like we're not big enough to require retainers right but maybe that's a wrong term so ask them yeah usually that consultation is free right it's like i have this situation is it worth pursuing with them like if you have a lawyer that you halfway trust they'll say like this is worth going after them and trying to get that money back Mm -hmm. or this is worth just fucking drop it on the floor so um you know i since i've not done a lot of freelance i guess my question would be how do you just have a guy or a girl that's a lawyer Uh, brian you know a brother (laughs) for me i know you have have a special circumstance so like i i I, I mean this is that was my best quality apparently this is a half i mean this is a half serious question because like whenever i want to do freelance work you know i one of the things that's intimidating to me is like figuring out the contract and like figuring out like even if i'm not oh yeah hey good call 
legit cheers. Now we're classifying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like to hear but, from Amy on that. Yeah. I feel like you like running a business like that. That's a whole other level than freelance. Like, so I've had to do the same thing that Shirley talked about of firing my clients, where I just tell people like, if you're not happy, like feel free to return it and yeah. give you a refund because sometimes like it's not worth the trouble. Their expectations are too high that you're never going to be able to meet at that point, that kind of feeling. Right. Um, or like them getting upset at things that are not really in my control. I have people who um, say my package got lost in the mail. Can you help me? And that's like not my realm. Um, <laughs> or um, someone who bought a digital zine who said, um, I tried to print out this digital zine and the formatting is weird. So I had to put up a disclaimer on uh, the website, if your digital zine, um, or if you buy a digital zine, I can't be responsible for how it looks when it's printed because it's a digital, it's a digital zine. zine. <laughs> if, it's yeah. like, if you can't read it in a PDF viewer, then like talk to me. But if you can't print it, I can't help you. Oh my God. That's fair, yeah, because you're, you're actually changing the format of what you purchase at that point. Totally, and for these people, I, I at first had trouble telling them or dealing with them as customers um, and trying to be sympathetic to them because I didn't want to tell them sorry because it wasn't my fault. Mm -hmm. And my partner told me, you can be sorry about their situation. Mm -hmm. So you can say, I'm so sorry that happened. And like in like sincere apologies, I don't like to say I'm so sorry that happened. I like to say, I'm so sorry I did that. But when it's not my fault, like in the case of the printer, then I can just say, I'm so sorry that happened. I'm also so sorry that that's not uh, something that I can fix for you. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to travel to their house to help them print. So <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's a tough one. Right. So apologizing for the situation while also telling them that I'm sorry that I can't help um, is how I, I think that's really good that. advice. Just nice. even yeah, just incredible. even in that little bit of wording difference. And like, so if it was an email response or message or even on the phone or whatever, just that little bit of wording changed a lot of what you said, mm -hmm. which is pretty amazing just to think about. You're not taking responsibility that's your fault. You are sorry that they're having this pain because, yeah, they're they're your customer. And so you, you do feel bad for them. But there's not much you can do at that point. This is something that I... I Pre-tech, pre I was in hospitality, and it's the same type of thing, right? Like, every, like just constantly you're just getting yelled at uh, about shit that is, <laughs> is every 100% of the things is out of your control, you know? But it's so personal. That's the thing that that's, makes that kind of thing hard in a situation. Right? Totally. And if I, if I do do something wrong, like I sent someone the wrong size of shirt, then I do say, I'm so sorry that, that I did that. was your fault. Yeah. Right. So you're like, I will own up to that. And No, I like that. I'm also interested, Shirley, you mentioned a little bit about how you promote yourself and that you've gone, you'll go to conferences and speak at them. You, you know, you're on podcasts, you're on, you do your own live stream, all these different things to kind of help promote and build your brand. I'm interested to hear Amy as well. Like, what do you both do to, to kind of get more exposure? Like, I think those are some great ideas, but are there other ways that you're out there promoting, uh, building new client base? How do you get your work noticed and that people are purchasing on your site? Things like that we were actually talking about this earlier about building a brand um but i think for me it's mostly that uh the most powerful is still just my portfolio um and that's portfolio of either client work so at first it was just portfolio of personal projects that i like just had a lot of fun doing um and then that and because it's per, it's not like it's not just you know 
personal projects I did because I thought I would get more clients that way. It's like personal projects I sincerely enjoy doing, which means that um, people found me through that wanting me to do similar things. Um, and so like not only was I able to do something fun that I liked, it's now there's a positive reinforcement of clients finding me to do this thing that I enjoy in this like kind of format um, that I enjoy. And then because of that, then I can now put on client projects that like are in um, in kind of like in the topics I enjoy or in the formats I enjoy. Um, and so first and foremost, uh, my portfolio. Um, and I think that's actually been the number one thing about getting me clients. Um, other than that, I think I just like do things because I enjoy them. Like I enjoy coming on this podcast because it's really fun drinking with you. Um, I go to conferences um, mostly because I love traveling to other places and kind of like checking out the tech scene there or um, kind of like going around and like exploring the place. Um, I do the Twitch live stream because um, I got really lonely by myself in my own apartment freelancing and I need a human interaction. <laughs> um, and I also, um, I think we were, Amy and I were talking about this earlier also about how now that I'm freelancing, um, I don't have somebody mentoring me. Like I don't have a manager good or bad telling me that I'm like, you know, doing good things or like, or people to pair program with or code review me. And that's why I started Twitch live streaming because I wanted that kind of like feedback. So I guess it's like, at the end of the day, um, whatever you decide to do to promote yourself, like don't just do it because it's to promote you and your work. Do it because you enjoy it or do it because there's like something like, figure out what's important like if the if you are trying to do freelancing and like figure out first of all like what you're trying to freelance in and then um what makes you happy about what you're trying to freelance in and kind of like figure out what you want to be known as and like just kind of figure out yourself like a soul search um and then do cool. I'm gonna, yeah soul uh, search yeah I'm just gonna figure myself yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a lifelong process. Um, and then just do things that fits in there. And that I think is, I think people like find that genuine, people find that relatable, but also you just have like a funner life. <laughs> yeah, I think that's good advice. Amy, think anything to add? Um, I totally agree with Shirley about like sticking to the avenues that uh, you feel more, most comfortable with. Um, I was at a conference that had a workshop about doing email newsletters, um, but the person said at the beginning, like, only do an email newsletter if you're excited about it, and if that's where you feel like um, your natural voice is, but if you're, you feel like your natural voice is like through Twitter or Facebook, because they all have like slightly different tones, um, just pick the one that feels best for you, because um, it's going to come across better. I like that a lot because, yeah, I think you've even like you touched on the social media aspect is there are there's reasons why there are different platforms and because they are just subtly different and they do fit people differently. And I like that a lot. Yeah, I guess I feel the most comfortable on Twitter and also incidentally, like um, looking at all of my tracking, that's where um, from all social media, that's where my visitors mostly come from. Awesome. So it's like really fits well for that. Yeah. yeah. You have really cute tweets too. So. <laughs> because that's her passion coming through, right? Like, it's not like, oh, I have to send this newsletter. It's like, no, I like this tweet. I'm going to send this out. I liked your point about almost like, almost feeling a little isolated. I think that to me is all, one thing that I found a big disadvantage of uh, freelancing is that I, I was when I was doing uh, contract work, cheers. Cheers. 
is I found that I was very isolated um, and got, you know, it was nice. I could just like work alone and get a bunch of work done, no interruptions, but I felt like I was feeling really isolated. So I kind of like, and yeah, you didn't have someone to pair a program with and all that kind of aspect. So I kind of like that you've added Twitch to the mix mm-hmm. to kind of combat that so that you can still continue to do that. Uh, one thing I always wish I did was work in more of like a coffee shop or something mm-hmm. just to get out of my spot. Like I had a permanent office and desk in my apartment, but there's no one there. I mean, I had my dog to hang out with, <laughs> but he slept all the time. So We love Chico, but he's a dick. Yeah, he kind of is. Like he can be, and he's grumpy at times. So yeah. So t- today was my first day working from home. And yeah. It's it's lonely it is yeah no it's a hard thing to deal with and i i think one thing i wish i did was almost go to more of a uh shared workspace Mm -hmm. which to be honest i think there's more options than like this is years ago that i was doing this and there wasn't all the options that are available like there's we had darren from from, uh, work from work work from like that's a perfect example where that's a site dedicated to finding places to go work from like that's amazing that stuff didn't exist and so i was always at home and it, it does get lonely yeah, um, it's funny because like my first few months, like I was on such a budget, I didn't even have like money to like I didn't even let myself have money to go to cafes, right? Like nowadays, if I feel a bit lonely or if I like feel unproductive, I'll go to a cafe. And it's funny because somebody was like, "Oh yeah, um, there's a website called RainyCafe.com, <laughs> which is basically um, a record like." <laughs> Brian's looking at me like I'm really pathetic. No, I, no I'm looking at this because I, I need this he's, in my he's gonna life. Do this, he's <laughs> going to do this tomorrow. Like, he has to work from home tomorrow, so right. he's probably going to do this for me. Cafetivity, I think it's called. It's like some silly app that just says background mu- noise. Is that, is that like, that well, yeah, so it's like rainycafe.com. It's like this loop um, of like just indistinct chatter of a cafe, which I'm pretty sure is a I'm Japanese totally doing cafe. This in surround sound. Yeah, like that. That's what it's wow. And then you can add in, um, I think they have like background cafe music and background rain. So if you get extremely lonely. Uh, you can have rain. Yeah. Um, that might be depressing. <laughs> I, like how they, I like how they try to justify to a moderate level of noise enhances creativity compared to both low and high level of noise. No, there, there's research around it. Like white noise helps. Oh, yeah. There's, yeah. there's a source here. Oh, yeah, definitely. There's, there's at least this is Brian Holt. Brian no. Holt's tweets. I'm lonely. Help me. Oh, yeah, man. Yes. Well, I... <laughs> All right. But at, at long periods. Yeah. Like, I think that's the difference. Yeah. Is, like, you... I, I mean, Jem, I work with you. You're, you're in the office some days, and some days I work from home. And I think that's a good balance. I think when you try it for months on end, or, you know, I, I think I did it about a year and a half... It, I couldn't do it anymore. It, it, I think that's what it I really, got to me. I really think it depends on the person too and your yeah, personality. Like I've talked to some people that have done it for years and love it. Yeah. And then I talked to somebody, some people that have done it for a month and are like, it's lonely and I have no... one day? Right now, call you up. It's like the true introvert versus extrovert test. It's like, you know, you still work for Microsoft. You can come to the LinkedIn office. Your desk is still open. <laughs> They haven't filled it at all. They took my badge. <laughs> I'll let you in. <laughs> okay. 
Brian, we can cafe camp together. Yes. <laughs> but see, actually, I think that's a great idea is like even just meeting up with people that you know. I mean, you guys do, Amy and uh, Shirley do yeah. brunch. Like that's a great idea is like getting out to meet with others that are doing this. I think that's actually a great way to handle that. So I think that's good advice. So now you can add Brian to the list. Yeah, definitely. Bay Area freelance, yeah. <laughs> remote workers. Freelance, freelance lonely Bay people. Bay Area freelance <laughs> brunch. Wait, Bay meet Area up. lonely people. <laughs> you could literally pick all the places, like Amy said, all the ones that have big lineups and go, well, guess what? We're going to go on a Tuesday <laughs> at like... I mean, 11 o'clock. You mean good. every brunch spot in San Francisco, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yes, you're right. And if they don't have a line, then there's something wrong. There's something wrong. <laughs> All right, I got to ask Amy, what's the best place to go to for brunch in San Francisco? I'm not sharing with you. <laughs> so I have brunch places that I like. Um, that I'll share with people, but my most favorite ones, I keep secret. Oh, I like it. So <laughs> You keep that shit on the DL, I like yes. it. All right. I, I approve, but I'm also upset by this. <laughs> Wait, can you tell us off air? Can you tell me off air? There's one place that I only go to with my partner and no okay. one else. Okay. I can tell you number two. Okay. Wow, fair I enough, love fair it. Enough. I love it. I'll take number two. <laughs> What's your number one place that you would tell people? Chow. Chow? I've been to Chow. Yeah. Park Chow? Um, I usually go to the church one. Okay. Oh, okay. I am not a fan of Chow, really. I've been oh, there a few times. I used to live there, and that's, it's okay. I do want to say this before I forget, which was your point about um, how you love the days you work from home. And I felt exactly the same way until I went freelance, which was like, now that I've been doing it for like a year and a half, it's ruining, it's taking away the special, because like when you work from home, that's a special moment, right? Like you're like, oh, I love my house. Like I can stare at like the trees outside and it's like so relaxing. You can wear pajama pants. I can wear pajamas. Like no pants. Like no pants. Nobody's going to be like here bothering me. Like it's a special day and a special moment but then like if you do this every single day it takes the specialness out of it and now i'm like i hate my place like <laughs> i mean not that strongly but a little bit and i was talking about i've been like seriously considering like yeah getting a um studio space or like renting out a desk or like somewhere that like makes a distinction between like where i work and where i live and that's like also yes. yeah that's that's yeah fair. That's like a, I think people talk about that a lot of like, it was great for a while. And I tend to be the kind of person where I like work, like what I do for work, I enjoy doing anyways. But like, I think it just, when I'm at home and then like, instead of working, I start just like rolling around in bed. And like, I think that's where I, now I'm like, okay, I need, I need to, the distinction's important. Yeah, like some, yeah. some structure to it, right? Like, yeah. I need to go to my workplace. Yeah. So I was going to ask you both that, like, how do you stay motivated to... I was also going to say... a great question. It seems like... Yeah. Yeah, because freelancing seems very self-driven. Absolutely. You're not... You don't have someone else working with you, so and you we're have all to... lazy pieces of shit. Yeah. <laughs> but especially, like, there's no, there's no, like, product to ship when the team's going to be like, good job, you did, like, and, you know, it goes out... I mean, the, if, if the client's happy, they pay you, which, there's, I mean... There's a client that you have to answer for. Right. But they're not going to say, like, oh, wow, it's amazing. I mean, they might, but they might just be like, here's your money... I mean, because they've agreed, uh, you've agreed to do the work, you delivered, great. Right. You, you delivered your product to whatever they've purchased, they've delivered, they're happy, hopefully. So yeah, I was telling is. Shirley earlier today about how, like I'm used to having a manager to like give me encouragement, someone who I can talk to if I'm stuck. Um, so I recently gave myself a manager 
um, in the form of like a business coach. Awesome. Oh. And, and how did you go about finding a business coach? Just Googling. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. And you're successful. Was it the first try or do you have to try multiple people or do you actually first find? First try. Oh, very yeah, cool. Yeah, so I got lucky. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, I'll talk to her about like um, marketing strategies I'm thinking about um, and get her feedback. Um, when I'm proud about something, I, t- I tell her and she's like, great job. Um, so she kind of like cheers me on. And I know that like when working for a company, the, the manager is supposed to be there to kind of like um, help you get unstuck, um, to help you prioritize. But sometimes it feels like they're divided between you and the company, like the company's priorities and like also helping you grow somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Um, but this person is just committed to helping me grow. Like literally that's their yeah. job. Like yeah. they, yeah, they don't care about, there's no business side of things. It's just for you. Yeah. So it's like one of the best decisions I made. Awesome. Yeah, I like that idea. I'd never even thought of that, but that's actually amazing. How often do you meet with them? Every other week. Every other week? Is it uh, just like a Google Hangout Skype call, or is it do you meet in person? In person. Very cool. Awesome. Is it brunch? (laughs) (laughs) Where is it? (laughs) Like, we're just going to stalk Amy from now on. It's like, where is she going for brunch? (laughs) Do you have a Yelp profile that you're checking in on? I tried hiring Brian as a business coach for me, but he would just tell me I suck every every week. So that didn't work Wait, out. Yeah. That wasn't motivating. That was your bad. That was your bad. Yeah, I think I know where you. I think I know where you went wrong. So, Jem, here's some feedback for you. That was a poor choice. Go on. So we, we all know where you went wrong. All right. So, that, any other advice for people who would uh, want to stay motivated on what they're doing? Yeah, so uh, for motivation, um, I, I think um, I go through kind of like cycles. So I go through like cycles of like high productivity because I really, really like what I'm doing. And then um, and then I go through like days or weeks where I'm just rolling around in bed, like reading books or reading manga. And like, that's all I do. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it's kind of like... If you've chosen this lifestyle of freelancing, it comes with all of the great things that we talked about in the beginning. But it also comes with like all of these not so great things of like stress or like, you know, if you don't work, then you don't get money. Like those are very harsh realities. Um, And so I have to like, it's a great lifestyle, but only because um, I've figured out all of the things that I enjoy that like kind of keeps me going. And it's kind of like, at the end of the day, um, I'm doing this because there are projects out there that I love. um, And I want to kind of like, I want to... I want to learn, I want to work on these projects, um, and then I want to kind of also figure out the things that I'm interested in, and that just keeps driving me forward. Um, so that's part of the answer. The other half is like, I feel like Twitter actually really motive, like it, it's it's a motivation, but not in the greatest way possible. Where distraction like, and a motivation. <laughs> it's a distraction and a motivation where I feel like now that people, I don't know. It's like this weird, like people are following me. So I feel like I should show them the things that I'm working on, which means I need to be working on something. <laughs> um, I mean, that's great. Yeah, I think that's yeah, a, yeah. it's a good way to hold yourself accountable is like you're you're relying on people, all your followers to hold you accountable. Yeah. And there would be people be like, 
I'll have friends be like, Shirley, that blog post that you say you'll do, it's been six months. <laughs> or, like, or like, there'll be people that- Shirley, we're at brunch. We're waiting for it. Where are you at, Where are you at brunch, Amy? Where? Where? <laughs> this is how Amy gets like 17 stalkers. <laughs> But yeah, there will also be people that are like, Shirley, um, is there, is, are you finishing data sketches? There's like three more months. Like, are you gonna get that shit done? And I'll be like, yes, yes, I am. I'm sorry. I like that. You have a public manager. That is basically what you have. That is great. So one last question. Like, I think we've, we've established that it, it is very hard uh, to take the plunge into freelance. I'm sure there are a lot of our listeners that are, I mean, I think are interested probably in taking that plunge. What advice would you give them to either starting their own business or starting freelance work? Like what, what's the best advice that you can give? I think first and foremost, make sure that you have that financial freedom. Um, because when I went into it, I knew that freelance was going to be hard. Um, but I think even then I had underestimated how hard it was going to be. As in like at that time I had a little bit of, um, inbound emails and I thought that that would translate to like a steady stream of clients. It clearly did not. Um, and so the biggest, biggest thing is be prepared for, like, unless you're a superstar, which if you're Naughty Bremer, you are, um, but unless you're Naughty Bremer or somebody equivalent, um, be prepared for it to be hard at the beginning until you can establish your portfolio, until you can, like, establish, like, a client list or a regular kind of, um, and until, and however that, however long that could be, like weeks or months or um, I think it took me a good three, four, five months. Um, have the financial buffer for that. I think that's the most important thing. Amy, anything to add? On the same vein as like me hiring my manager and that, or me hiring a coach and that being a great decision. Hiring people that have strengths that you don't have. Like I also started off um, feeling really worried about whether I would be good at business and finance stuff. Um, so getting an accountant was another decision that was a huge help for me. Someone that would help me budget every month, um, getting the coach. Yeah. So finding people that have strengths that you don't have and, um, not being afraid to ask for their help. Um, and, um, Something that my um, business coach told me, um, like freelancing is a risk, um, but my business coach said that um, relying on something that your heart isn't in as your um, way of earning money is also a risk. Mm -hmm. So like if you want to be a freelancer, like uh, it's going to be a risk, but doing something that your heart's not in is also a risk. I like that. That's a fair point. I also like what you said is offloading to other specialists. It probably frees you up to focus on exactly what you want to do and what you're truly passionate about. Mm -hmm. Well, before we end the episode, uh, we like to share picks that we've found interesting and want to share with our listeners. Augustus, you want to start it off? So my first pick is this kind of smog-free tower. Um, so in China, there's this huge issue with smog and this uh, designer kind of came conceptualized um, this air purifier where it's just this gigantic tower that takes in the smog and um I, what i thought was really cool it's really cool yeah, yeah yeah but what i thought was really cool is um he even thought of how like 
they would kind of finance it, which is he would take the particles from the smog and create this jewelry so that the people could like contribute and like kind of feel like they're making it like they're being part of the solution for like addressing this issue. So I thought I think just like that kind of line of thinking That's really is really cool. cool. Yeah. So yeah. And then the other thing is, uh, I think Adi as Osbani, he posted this thing about speedometer. Um, there's like a link, there's like an update speed, speedometer 2.0 and um, just helps benchmark web applications. So I thought it was pretty cool. So. My only feedback against that is that to do is not a good benchmark for web applications. Mm. It's like, it's just not what people build. I know we have to have something, but mm. yeah, sorry. No, That's thanks for calling out. Episode. I did not even look at it that far into it. I was just like, this looks pretty cool. I have a to-do to look into it. Love <laughs> <laughs> it. Oh, you. Brian, what do you have for us? All right, I got a bunch of picks, so buckle up. <laughs> Going out with a bang. Uh, my first one is from a friend of the pod, Sarah Drasner. Uh, she is releasing a four-part series on how to do serverless with Stripe Pavements on CSS tricks, so uh, check that shit out. Number two is, again, if you're driving, stop the car. <laughs> you, you need to look at Shirley Wu's post on homelessness. Ooh, on that the is Guardian. good. The Guardian, yeah. Nice. That shit was phenomenal. We that not that was really cool. Shirley and Naughty. And Naughty. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, beyond the article, just in itself and in its writing being really, really phenomenal, like it's, it hits home extra hard yeah. because of all of the data visualizations that they put into that. So it's pretty next level. Thank you so much. Thank you. I mean, it was it was amazing. Uh, my next one is uh, tomorrow from today, which by the time that you hear this, because Ryan Birch is a piece of shit. <laughs> Super amazing. Doing all this work for free. For all this, for free. <laughs> all the shit that we pay him. <laughs> pay me in booze. Anyway, uh, Burke Holland is starting a uh, YouTube series tomorrow about. It's called Five Questions, and he just asks a bunch of really amazing developers five questions. And so tomorrow they're releasing an episode with uh, Dan Abramov, or the, the jewel of JavaScript development, as I like to, <laughs> I like to refer to him as. So uh, check, I like I watched it today. It's super charming because they're both charming people. So yeah, uh, check that out. Awesome, Amy. What do you have for us? So I recently decided to only read books by women of color. Um, so I recommend that. Um, because everything I've read so far has been super amazing. Um, but the book that I read most recently um, is called The Hate You Give, um, and it's by a female black author from Mississippi. Um, she writes this YA novel about a teenager who witnesses a police shooting. Um, really profound book and relevant because yesterday was MLK Day. Yeah, very cool. Derek, what do you have? Um, so I recently, uh, over the holidays, traveled to New York, and um, I wanted to mention this amazing restaurant that I went to. It's uh, 
for some reason only has one Michelin star, but it's actually the first Michelin star restaurant I went to, so maybe, yeah, I don't know. But the uh, it's called the Gramercy in New York, and I thought it was, um, I heard actually heard about it on a podcast because of like their specialty with beef, but they, I had the Wagyu meatloaf there, and it was amazing. Wow. It's also the first time I tried, we were talking about this earlier off the air, I tried um, truffles, they had truffles, and it wasn't like a million dollars, so um, it was, yeah, it was a really good restaurant, so I recommend that if you're in, ever in New York. And my second pick is, um, I don't normally pick the Netflix shows because there's plenty of people that do this on this <laughs> podcast, um, but I'm going to pick one uh, because I, I just watched it yesterday and I thought it was amazing, the new Letterman um, series. And I actually really was never a huge, I mean, wasn't not a fan, but wasn't a huge fan of Letterman when he was on. But I actually thought, so he, So the, the first episode was with Obama and um, just the level of professionalism and the level of quality on the interview um, on both parts, on Letterman and on Obama, was just, uh, I thought, one of the best interviews I've ever seen. And um, it was it was um, not not that this podcast is political, but you know, with the political Thanks, um, <laughs> that is going on now, you know, I think it takes somebody with a really high standard of professionalism to stay professional and stay uh, and stay even somewhat objective in in today's climate. And would you say presidential? Presidential. presidential. Yeah. Ooh, that's fair. <laughs> I highly recommend that episode or that show if you get a chance. And Letterman's beard, like. And yeah, <laughs> just that alone. Stacy, what do you have for us? All right, uh, I had two picks. I'm going to expand it to three. The first pick is going to be uh, Amy's uh, "Get a Girl" jacket and and a yeah. get a girl, get a girl. I I have to. I, I work for uh, I work for Atlassian. and I work on a product called Bitbucket. Bitbucket is powered by Git. Yeah. Um. So it was very awesome to me to see like that kind of uh, uh, targeted focus to like. To women to say like you can do this like you can learn you can learn this stuff and you can contribute and you can make a difference um and so i appreciate that very cool uh yeah so uh and then second pick um my music pick as always i always have a music pick uh change the paradigm by austria um they're from toronto austria well done yeah <laughs> <laughs> thought ryan appreciate that uh, and then my third pick is uh world of tomorrow episode two by uh, Don Hertzfeld. It's called The Burden of Other People's Thoughts. Um, he makes amazing shorts. Um, they're animated. They're kind of in the sci-fi category. Um, they, they're brilliant. And if you ever watch them, they'll sort of, they'll sort of like change your mind about how you think about um, little kids. He, he records his niece um, and her stream of consciousness thought and then maps that up to like what it's like to be an adult and think about consciousness and living and it's 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 pretty brilliant and beautiful so oh i've seen that it's on netflix it is i don't i didn't know it was episode two episode two is just released it's on you have to pay for it kind of like individually but it's worth seeing it's worth seeing it's like 15 minutes or so but it's just yeah it's brilliant very cool jim what do you have for us uh i have three picks mine are slightly tactical and slightly not first one is a pick called code problems it is techiedelight.com um, but they just have kind of a list of random tech problems. Like this one is, looking at it right now, construct the longest palindrome by shuffling or deleting characters from a string, which sounds hard. But if you look at the code, it's, I mean, some of it's C++, but it's not bad, actually. It, it's one of those, like, sounds hard when you get to a whiteboard, but if you reason about the problem, it's not that bad. So those are always interesting. Uh, my second pick is, um, it's a plugin. Well, it's a website, but it's called Babel Time Travel. And essentially shows like how Babel compiles things over time in different steps, which is 
it's really enlightening because you can just paste your own code and like see what Babel is doing. So by the time you get to the end of that weird garbage, you know exactly what happened, which everybody should do uh, and support Henry Zhu, who's also a uh, maintainer on Babel, who's a really great guy. He's amazing. I feel bad I don't contribute enough to... He's always like, Jim, will you look at this? I'm like, yeah, I never do. I feel bad, but he's a great guy. Uh, and my third pick... Contribute to Babel. Contribute to Babel or just like say thanks to any open source person. Just say thanks. Like, it's free. It doesn't cost anything. Uh, my third pick is the start of a new uh, series for me. I'm going to call it uh, Valley Silicon. It is a just a little piece instead of shower thoughts, which I used to do. It was just random thoughts okay, I had. I miss shower thoughts. Yeah, yeah everybody miss shower thoughts. Now, but Jim's going to replace this. So. This, is, this is better. It is technology or things that are just so absurd that only really, really rich, privileged people thought of this not as a good idea. Or it's just like highlighting the absurdity of Silicon Valley sometimes. I hope I don't have it. Uh, my first uh, pick is a it is a robotic suitcase called Cowl Robot. It is a suitcase that will self-balance, kind of like a Segway, and follow you around the airport. <laughs> I feel um, like I saw that on Gizmodo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, uh, will not fly now. Oh, awesome. So you can't even take it? You cannot check it. It's just one of these ideas that you're just like, how did this get that far? Like a, a <laughs> bunch of people, investors thought this was worth sinking millions of dollars to a real problem to solve. It's just... And like, what's the user base? What is the user base? It's, uh, it is it's, 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 it's like Valley Silicon. Yeah. It is Valley Silicon. Well, well done. I like this like new segment. Should have been a pick, but like, right. they're already dead, so. All right. All right, Shirley, what do you have for us? Um, I also have three. And so the first one is I want to echo Stacy and say, um, please check out Amy and Bubble Sword Scenes. Um, and just like on top of the Get It Girl shirts and jackets, there's also all these super cute punny enamel pins. And that's like what I kind of first fell in love with. Um, but on top of that, um, the reason why Amy is an inspiration to me is because I actually read her blog post a few years back called uh, Coding Like a Girl. Um, and that was the first time um, I kind of grew up more towards a tomboy. I did investment banking a little bit, like in like for internships, and then I went into software. And it's always been like very male-dominated industries, and I always felt like I had to dress more like a male, and I had to act more masculine. And I think Amy's blog post um, was the first time. It's it's kind of like about how it's okay to like be a woman in technology and code and embrace that femininity and like I always feel like I've been ashamed of like my like for cute things and my like for feminine things and pink and that was the first time I read it and I was like oh that's okay and I've now gone fully in the other direction where I'm like pink things and cute things are great <laughs> um, but um please read it um I think it's 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 amazing read um it's one of those kind of reads that like fundamentally shifted my way of thinking about myself. Um, and that's where I became a diehard like Sailor Mercury Amy fan. So uh, that's number one. And number two is um, one of my favorite conferences, uh, OpenVizConf is going to be in Paris this year in, uh, I believe, May. And I will be very, very sadly not be able to make it because I'll be in Japan. Um, but, which is, um, I'll be living in Japan. It's a good consolation prize. Oh yeah, and and my boyfriend will be there with me. So like, it's it's not that bad. We'll probably be in Hokkaido, but 
Um, it's an amazing conference, especially if you're into data visualization, trying to get into it. Um, check it out because apparently the venue is right by the Eiffel, Eiffel Tower. Um, so that's my number two. And um, number three is uh, this movie called, uh, it's a Japanese movie called uh, Kimi no Nawa. Um, and uh -huh. <laughs> um, the English name is uh, called Your Name. Um, and it was kind of advertised as um, the first Japanese animation movie to, I think, either top, like, either hit the same box office record as a Studio Ghibli movie or, like, even maybe top it or something. Um, I just bought the DVD for it and I have watched it, like, when it was in theaters. Brilliant, beautiful, like, if anything, like, if for how beautiful it is, um, go for the color and design inspiration, but also go for the story. Um, I was left breathless. Um, so if you, especially if you're into, like, anime kind of things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kimi no Nawa, Your Name, um, it's uh, on DVD on Amazon now, yeah. Awesome. All right, well, I think most people had three picks. I have two picks. I have one that uh, actually kind of follows a pick on a previous episode. I had shared a GitHub page that um, I'd started pulling together a bunch of conference links. There's actually an amazing site that Kim Goldburn has started. It's called ConferCal. It's like really well done. And she has so many great lists of conferences and the design is amazing on the site. So I highly recommend checking that one out. And then I'm so happy that no one else stole this pick. Black Mirror season four on Netflix. Oh my God, is so amazing. Just finished that one not too long ago. I mean, Black Mirror in general is an awesome show. Don't start on season one, episode one though. It's yeah, not, not, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit weird. All right. Before the end of the episode, I want to thank Shirley and Amy for joining us on today's episode. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to have thank guests. You. Thank you so much. Thank you so uh, much for having us. Where can people get in touch with you? Um, my handle is SailorHG for all the internet things. Um, and then my website is bubblesort.io. And as always, I am SXYWU on all of the domains. Awesome. I love the branding there. You guys have got on lock. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to today's episode. Make sure to subscribe to this front end happy hour podcast on whatever you listen to podcasts on and follow us on Twitter at front end HH. Any last words? Weed is legal in California. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I can't believe that didn't come up.